0: Everybody. welcome to the Tomato Tomato podcast. It's a podcast about movies and how they're reviewed. And more importantly, what are those? <laughs> uh, God bless Ryan Coogler for being like, we need to put a Vine joke in a Marvel movie. <laughs>
1: right? uh, I'm glad that Wakanda, as isolationist as they are, they still have access to stupid American memes.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I, I feel like Shuri, like, spends a, a good percentage of her time just, like, keeping up with all of those things while she's designing technology.
1: She watches vine compilations while she's tinkering on new like vibranium tools. Exactly,
0: She's like a meme queen at this point. Like she has, she has all of that stuff figured out, which like makes me so happy. But yeah, if you couldn't figure out what we're talking about, we are talking about black Panther, um, the newest Marvel cinematic universe outing. And according to Rotten Tomatoes, the best movie of all time, Uh, I've been trying to think of how to articulate this because I feel like this is almost its own mini-sode worth of a discussion, but Rotten Tomatoes is trying to sell itself as, like, the essential, like, the main place to go to to look for reviews for movies, and yet the reviews that they represent are going out of their way to be predominantly white, predominantly male, and predominantly from outlets that are all over the map. So yes. like as so as I was trying to find reviews for this movie, my mindset was kind of we, we went through the rotten reviews first because they're such a small number. And we found kind of two reviews that are very different from each other. But my argument was for the positive review was to definitely find it a a review, not from a white person, because it's like, we're both white. We're not going to like, we're going to have our own personal aspect to this conversation. We don't need to talk about a white person's review to then just kind of further that confirmation. I'd rather highlight what someone else thought who, Like resonates with this movie in a different way. But then in order to find a positive review that was written by a person of color and written by a woman, because I also was looking for that too, considering just how much women play a role in this movie, I had to go through all of the reviews for this movie. And so many of the little call-outs and blurbs and stuff don't have pictures. And it makes me wonder, like, why that is in a way because most of the people that have pictures on their little icon thing are white people and usually white dudes and so then and like when you go to the splash page kind of for for any of these movies on rotten tomatoes it'll show you like seven or eight of the like top reviews or whatever and they're all from white guys or like maybe one white lady gets in there, but you don't really see like a different array of faces. And then yeah,
1: it's, it, it, it's always kind of the same outlets. You go to any movie, any uh, major blockbuster or big release, and you'll see the same outlets, the same reviewers. I mean, if you do, uh, if you go back and chart all of the reviewers that we've used, you're gonna see a lot of overlap.
2: Just and a lot beca- of white
1: people. Just okay. because that's the nature of uh, film criticism these days, it's white male dominant. And a lot of these smaller indie outlets, I don't know if they... Because uh, there's like the top critic thing on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know if they have access to be top... Consider- what, what Rotten Tomatoes would consider top critics, or if they just don't want part of it. I It's a weird process that what? it's not more inclusive so yeah if you have this this uh it's a psychological term it, like that sample bias uh-huh. is, that, is that what i'm looking for i think so yeah it's it, it's basically let's survey people and what they think of uh like i hate to use this example but it's topical like gun rights but we're only going to uh-huh. survey like uh ca- gun carrying holders or whatever it, it you're going to have is skewed uh the samples or samples you know what i mean
0: Yes, but like, and and my thinking kind of as I started noticing this was like, if I was an average person, and I cared enough to go on my computer and go to Black Panther's Rotten Tomatoes page, and that was going to motivate me whether or not to see the movie, if, if I was just on that page and not clicking any further, the only reviews it was like highlighting for me to look at were from white men that are from like those bigger outlets like we were suggesting. And so then you kind of look at it as, oh, well, these eight white men really liked the movie, so then I should just take that as gospel, which feels like a weird thing to do with this movie. And my, my mindset is when you have all of the r- reviews that don't have icons by them, and I know part of it is that Rotten Tomatoes like grabs reviews without necessarily asking people beforehand. Like I know that that's kind of a controversy in a way, but I'm like, if you're going to do that, you can also like pull the icon of that person from their website or whatever, or like reach out to them and say, hey, what picture do you want us to send or whatever? Because any of the reviews that don't have pictures of them and just have the little default icon, I can assure you that most people are going to, like, assume that those are mostly white people because they're not seeing the picture, but they're just going to kind of assume that it's also part of that, like, sample in a way. And it's just kind of a weird thing to me. I, I had to look through, like, five or six pages of the reviews for this movie to find one that was from, a like a woman of color who had an actual icon by their picture and all of that stuff because and and I had to google like eight different reviewers who didn't have pictures by them but I like wanted to know more about them before we picked the review and if I did that no one else is going to do that as no
1: one yeah no no one's gonna go eight pages deep into reviews for any movie I mean hell I'm the kind of person who I don't no one looks past page, like page one on a Google search.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No
1: no one goes that deep. You're going to look at page one. If you don't find what you're looking for, you're just going to move on.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's it's just weird to me because in the process of Googling, I kept finding reviews from smaller outlets that weren't on the Rotten Tomatoes page, that but that were like, deserved to be on there. They were, like, written by women of color and had a really personal and really in-depth discussion about the movie. Or, like, even Nerdist's review of the movie, it was written by that guy that co-hosts um, Kevin Smith's podcast. And, like, when the embargo came out, I read his review, and it, like, even mildly spoiled the movie for me, and I didn't care because it was a really good review. And that wasn't even on this page. And so I'm just like, hey, ra- okay, you're putting,
1: surprising like, to me because he like, he... He's yeah. somewhat of note. Exactly. He's, you see, he would add diversity to the tomato meter. Exactly,
2: there, there,
1: there needs to be. Now we found a new flaw in the <laughs> yes. tomato meter system: its lack of different.
2: inclusivity.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, if you're gonna put 18 different like white guy blogspot pages,
2: then well, this is this this kind of just
1: this really just mirrors the Oscars so white. Yeah. Basically that we're going to have a small group of white dudes uh, telling us what's good and what's not.
0: Yeah. But like, so I just wanted to go on that whole tangent. Basically rotten tomatoes, fix your shit. Like you can't be the definitive platform for all of this. And then also not be making a conscious effort to make this really diverse and to make Mm -hmm. it where when people use your website, they can see a picture of someone that looks like them Offering their opinion of the movie, and not just the eight white guys that always review
2: these movies.
1: I honestly don't think they give a shit.
2: I know, but that's because to, because, because it's like they, especially they, with movies like, I like this, have,
1: I feel like to what Rotten Tomatoes say? is that they've become kind of the gold standard. There, when you see Rotten Tomatoes fresh logo in uh, a TV spot or on the cover of a blu-ray it's it's kind of them patting themselves on the back like look at how good we are we're kind of uh this big force in whether you see something or not and they say they're not um i feel like if you ask the rotten tomatoes people it's like oh do you guys have a lot of power in determining if people go see a movie or not and they'll say no but i i, I feel it's the opposite
2: yeah and my I, mindset too is much just...
1: stock into Rotten Tomatoes, which yeah. is ironic in this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. But like my thought is just and I, I know it's kind of it, it, it will probably take a long while for them to realize stuff like this and really give a shit. But I think like with this movie kind of shows that the industry can evolve and can evolve to be a more inclusive place where like everyone gets a seat at a table. And I feel like eventually Rotten Tomatoes will have to understand that their website needs to follow suit.
1: Or if by then there'll kind of be a new platform, a new uh, tomato meter, whatever (laughs) it'll be. I mean, there's something like Metacritic, but really that's like the off-brand version that no one really (laughs) takes stock in. Until I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see independent bloggers, movie critics, who are not included in Rotten Tomatoes' top critics just splinter off and form their own uh, platform.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it just kind of frustrated me because it's like, this is a movie where I would want to read, even having seen it, I would want to read a bunch of different reviews for this movie and to get a bunch of different opinions for this movie. And you would think that Rotten Tomatoes would be that resource, but it doesn't end up being. It ends up being what the 10 white guys and then a bunch of other scattered people throughout really thought of it. But you don't necessarily get kind of the instantaneous access to... As many reviews as possible and I Which don't know is that's insane like, considering
1: cuz this movie currently has 323 reviews uh, 11 are rotten the rest are yeah. fresh um,
0: yeah it's, and it's, I feel like, it, yeah I feel like the sample size could be more like there are more than 300 reviews that are written about this movie overall
2: I
1: hate to say that I'm gonna play devil's advocate I, cause I hate that bullshit. Um, <laughs> but, but what, at what point do you, I, how many critics do you allow in? Cause you yeah. could have some idiot who doesn't know anything about film criticism, who has like, uh, a blog that's barely updated and just does shit reviews. Do you let him in? I mean, it, I hate, cause it's that slippery slope argument and I hate that too. Cause it's like a, Argument fallacy, but like, who, what critics do you allow in? Do you allow everyone in, or a select group who've kind of paid their dues? Or,
0: yeah, it's just, it it just is kind of frustrating to me, and it makes me wonder kind of if that will change and grow, or if they'll just not give a fuck and just keep doing what they're doing because they think that it works. But I just kind of, like, I think that there's a way for Rotten Tomatoes to kind of be something better, just in an overall aspect, and to kind of contribute something positive beyond just, like, making the entire internet turn into a flame war, depending on how a certain movie gets reviewed.
1: But see, I don't think they'll mind that, because they thrive on flame wars. They wouldn't get clicks if there weren't flame wars, so.
0: Yeah. I know, but it's just like I wish that they had kind of the moral compass to be like, oh, we should be making an effort to like be more inclusive and be a more definitive resource instead so that people don't have to search elsewhere to look for other reviews. But yeah, that just is my little tangent cuz I'm just like, I, as we were picking reviews for this last night, I was just really frustrated. And I was also frustrated because a lot of these reviews were white nonsense. <laughs> like so much oh, white nonsense. Lord, do we want to go with the 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 biggest white nonsense first? Do we want to get that out of the way? Or <sighs> what how do you want to do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. So, when we were picking reviews, uh, I came across this one. It's from theartsdesk.com. Uh it's written by Saskia uh Saskia Baron. Um, and yeah, I cannot stomach yeah. this review. It's so chock full of bullshit
0: um but somehow not the worst one there was it's somehow not one.
1: the worst yeah there
0: was another one that i read that was basically i i almost would have picked it but it was so bad it was just like the mindset was kind of they should have not killed off claw halfway through so that he could have like the sentence basically said so that he could have stayed around more and chewed more scenery and flirted with shuri and i'm just like shut the Fuck up! What are you talking about? <laughs> so then I so, was just yeah. too grossed out and moved on to this review, which is also just w- crazy night white nonsense.
1: So this it it sets the tone early on. This review, <laughs> uh, the headline starts: "Black Panther review: More Met than Marvelous. The Marvel movie made by black talent takes itself too seriously." And right there, right off the bat, it's.
0: Wrong. <laughs>
1: Ten nine di- kinds of wrong. It's I don't understand why this film made by black, black talent starring black talent uh, shouldn't take itself seriously when there's been no kind of representation like this before in well, any kind of mainstream superhero. And
2: and, and and
1: to have someone like Ryan Coogler who who's made critically and commercially successful films. Uh to not do something like this, he shouldn't be, uh, I'm, I'm glad he kind of broke away from that Marvel formula of making, would yeah. jokey movies. This, sh- this should be a movie taken seriously, made seriously. Um, but it doesn't not have fun.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And like, it, it, it's so amazing to me. I can't remember. I don't think it was in one of the reviews that we're going to cover today. I think it was something that I read beforehand, but like, so many of these Marvel movies are just about snarky white guys, and it's just a gigantic, like, self-insert sort of thing for the target audience. And so having something that isn't that and having it be where the the biggest white guy is the villain that gets killed halfway through and then the, like, small supporting character who's just there to help is, like... I think it caught certain white people off guard because they're like, well, I can't see myself on screen. But then It's because
1: they're so used to having the black person be that character.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly the representation that is normally present. It's just flipped in the opposite direction. And I just, I love that so
2: much.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. the review goes on. So why am I uh, going to be a miserable sod and say it's all a bit meh? I don't think it's just... I'm old. The two teenage Marvel fanboys I took along were underwhelmed too. We saw it in a sold out cinema on its opening day, surrounded by young black people. And there was not a lot of enthusiastic energy coming from the audience. I'm What's like, the okay. problem? Well, there's too much. Uh, yeah. No. Th- there's so much. Wrong I'm like, with that.
2: Where, where did you
0: see the movie? Because no, like every other audience that i have seen like even just seeing things on twitter i didn't go to the movie opening night i went to it the like the next morning and even then my crowd was very enthusiastic and stuff and like just seeing all of the things on twitter of people showing up to this movie like in costume and doing like dance parties in the lobby and just being so genuinely happy for this movie. I know that that wouldn't be in every single theater, depending on yeah. where that theater is in terms of location, but you like this reviewer should not overgeneralize and be yeah. like, Oh, well the young black people in my crowd didn't like it.
1: I think part of the success of this film is unlike any other Marvel movie. Cause if you look at kind of what, Marvel Studios' key demographic that they go for for each movie is probably the typical white male 18 to 34. Yeah. When this one (laughs) reaches so many other demographics that they haven't reached before and spoke to in a way that something like Thor or Iron Man couldn't accomplish.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, like, it's not that... I'm, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Like, people... There were All these other audiences still found a way to have stake in Marvel movies of like, oh, well, there's going to be one character that, that's a person of color or one character that is uh, like the badass woman or whatever. Or like even when in Civil War, when T'Challa first shows up, like everyone went crazy over that and kind of like embraced the movie because of that, even though he's only in it for like 20 or 30 minutes. But like... This is such a flashpoint in how this movie is being responded to and in how many people it's drawing in who did not give a shit about Marvel anymore. And I love I don't even, I don't
1: even think yeah, it's not just it's a Marvel thing. They're not coming out because Marvel Studios is slapped on it. It's because they see themselves in this. Exactly. Um so the review goes on to say, uh uh, Mubaku, who has an excellent ability to redirect racist stereotypes with comedy. Sadly, Black Panther is just a bit too worthy. And even my 13-year-old got bored of the endless daddy issues in the narrative. and was a touch <laughs> underwhelmed by the superhero costumes. There were moments when the Lion King and Power Rangers crossed our minds, and not in a good way.
2: Uh, uh, I, I,
1: I, I, the whole daddy issues, That's I don't see... I mean, come on.
2: But okay, so here's the
0: thing.
1: I don't think that's a valid criticism at all.
0: We were talking about this before we started, and people are complaining because they don't understand that these movies don't, like, that the timeline of these movies has not gotten as consistent as they think it is. It's not just, oh, this movie is set around the time that it's released. It's like there's an actual timeline to follow. And so having this take place a week or two debating like debatably after the events of civil war, like he obviously still would be having daddy issues. And of course, Killmonger is going to have fucking daddy issues. That's like his entire narrative.
1: And I I bet they were not quick to point out any kind of daddy issues in White superhero movies.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, Ragnarok, and literally every Thor movie is just like Thor dealing with daddy issues. All of Guardians Two is just daddy issues.
1: Literally all of Batman.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's just the context of it in this one they think is too much.
2: Because, and
1: the so different from anything we've had before. Yeah. The style choices, the the narrative choices. Are wholly unique uh, yeah. in the way it's represented to us. Uh, the one thing I do agree from this review, uh, there are some real pleasures. The British actress, Lettita, I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Lettita Wright uh, is a blast of total freshness as Black Panthers Princess, Sister Shuri, she is more interested in designing and demonstrating her extraordinary super weapons arsenal than dressing up in ceremonial corsets. I think Q in the Bond movie is replaced by a deliciously spiky young woman.
2: I, uh, I love Shuri. I'm she, so glad, I'm so
1: I, glad
0: I, for how much I love Sherry.
1: I did not expect to enjoy her character as much as I did. She I, was fantastic.
0: Well, and I think part of it is just what we're so used to is not what we got. Like, even even just in the promotional campaign for this movie, there were characters that I was excited to see, but I went in with my apprehensions that they would be handled in the typical kind of Marvel way. And that like the script would only allow them so much, but that they would, they like that the actresses would still excel kind of in that supporting part, but that it would, it would just be confined kind of to the formula of it all. And that's not what happened. And I told you this, I'll I'll say it, it, it on here so i wrote my like thesis in college about representation in marvel movies to the point where i sat there and re-watched all the movies and literally timed how long female characters were on screen it, like in in correlation to how long the movie was and i was fucking disappointed with the results like even in movies where it's like oh there's there's, there's a female character that's a huge part of this they were still in it for maybe a third of the movie and that was just like I, I, was, I was upset with that, but even in the paper, I defended it because I was like, well, there's nothing different at this point in time. Because it was back in like 2013 or 2014 when stuff had just kind of started to get a little bit better, but we weren't at the point that we were at now. And going from that to this movie made me start crying because I was just so stunned by the diverse. Female characters and how much they play a role in this movie—that they're not the like main selling point for. It,
1: it's amazing how I—I'm I for, forgetting the co-writer's name now, but
0: let me look it up because
1: whoever that was in Kugler, the way they handled and represented all the female characters from this movie is amazing and should be the new gold standard. Yeah. Apart from each woman in this movie having a distinct voice and role to play in the movie that isn't just there to support the main character. I love how each one had a unique point of view yes. on the world and the situation that they're in from uh, Okio and, am I saying that name right? <laughs> okay. uh, Dana Guerrera's character yeah, yeah, okay. and uh, Lupita,
2: yeah, uh,
1: like their little back and forth, When's like they're discussing Killmonger's like yeah. how do we handle them? That scene was fantastic.
0: And it's just and it, it's as simple as this movie could have been predom- like in, in another set of hands, the, the the beats of this script could have been relatively similar, but it would have just been male characters. But it, it's just making as simple enough of a choice as like treating the female characters as people and not just as these like supporting plot devices that are just there to, to support the main character, but instead this just has all these female characters just like as the integral part of the story. Like the, the the events of this movie would have gone completely differently if you had taken out the female characters and all their different points of view and the decisions that they make. And yes. it's just amazing. Also, Joe Robert Cole is the co-writer.
2: Okay. Yeah. But
1: I also agree with these points. The production design is rather fabulous, fusing African tribal townscapes and costuming with sci-fi futurist fantasia, referencing films from Metropolis to Blade Runner.
2: Perhaps it's a film
1: to go uh, without the high expectations, but time will tell if the initial hype pays off and the kind of repeat viewings uh, and more bullshit. But yeah, the the production design, one of the few uh, criticisms uh, that I've seen, not so much in reviews, but on Twitter, is that there are points of kind of, not shoddy, but kind of meh CGI.
0: Okay, so that's, Um, here's my thing. I don't think that's in the production design. I think that's, that's in the suits. That's in like the actual Panther suits, because even like, I noticed that too and like even in the promotional material that aired like the week of the movie i was like ah fuck i hope the panther suit like looks better in the movie than it does in this ad and it kind of looked a little bit better but it's still it mainly just looked like it needed like one more layer over it to make it look more realistic
1: there were there were other shots that because i i saw this in imax 2d
2: oh
1: okay some things were much more noticeable like a lot of the shots um When they're doing the duels on the waterfall, Uh a lot of the crowd shots when they're on the cliffs, I I could tell, like, oh, that's just kind of a very CGI person. There are a couple shots with rhinos Mm. that were noticeable, but the whole movie itself is so great that I could overlook those. uh, Like, yeah, a couple frames of CGI that are
0: meh. But, like, you have that in every. Yeah, you have that in the Marvel movie. Like, honestly, there there are particular scenes in some of the other solo movies where I'm like, oh fuck, does that really look like that? And like, even honestly, like rewatching the last time that I rewatched Avengers and Age of Ultron together, I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, how did we see this as like the gold standard of CGI when it like already looks bad and outdated like five years and three years later but yeah
1: yeah it's it's something that as long as the narrative the story the characters are good i'll overlook a couple scenes of bad CGI i mean yeah it'll be noticeable but Fucking Ryan Coogler, man.
0: Well, and I just think the practical aspects of this movie are going to hold up so much better. I think that, like, the sets and the costumes and stuff are so unbelievably well done that I think that as this movie ages a little bit, I don't think people are going to see it as, like, oh, this is, this didn't age well in terms of how it looks. I think that those CGI scenes might still be noticeable and maybe a little bit more noticeable, I, but it'll still be a good movie I'm to look ju- at.
1: I'm just glad in the span of, like, half a year, we've got this and Ragnarok, two of the most visually stunning, interesting movies from the MCU compared to kind of that gray, washed-out standard that we've had before.
2: (laughs) So
0: why does every MCU movie look like muddy concrete?
2: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Civil War is one
1: of the better MCU movies. But that airport fight scene,
2: it's still
1: washed out.
2: Well, and part of it—it's it, so weird because
0: I'm so used to seeing, like, I the, the I rewatch these movies pretty periodically, but more often I see gift sets of them on Tumblr, and the the amount of saturation that people add to their gift sets makes me think that most of these movies are way more colorful than they actually are. <laughs> like, I I do like Winter Soldier to me is the only one where that like muted color palette really makes sense, but like yeah. the rest of them are so just bland i think and so to go from that to like full-blown curvy aesthetic just makes my heart really happy
2: yeah it
1: it, it makes me sad that we're just now getting to that point where the movies can be just as, as visually interesting as the source material
2: yeah but, um
0: yeah i think it's just the formula like it's honestly just they thought that they could coast by on what they could and
2: but but
0: I don't
1: know look at the last two movies we've had the uh, taika yeah. and ryan two very distinct creative voices who know what they want and they were hired because they have that distinct voice and flavor that they could in- inject into the mcu and it paid off.
0: Well, and part of it is that both of them brought in people that they already knew who they knew could do certain technical aspects of this movie. Like with Ragnarok, Taika brought in Stu from What We Do in the Shadows because he and his friend made that technology that then made the Valkyrie fight. And so, like, no one, no other director would have thought to use that technology, but Tyka, yeah. like, hell yeah. And then with this movie, yeah. he brought in his production designer who then made everything look Fucking gorgeous.
1: Uh, yeah. So jumping to the national review.
0: Oh, are we gonna we're gonna do two Rotten and then Fresh?
1: Yeah, because I need to end on a high note with these That's reviews. A good
0: idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah, because... the National Review, an outlet that is kind of getting in trouble recently. And so when I saw this as like the most notable Ratten review, I was like, ah fuck. Yeah.
1: It, so it again, it sets the tone early on. This banal comic book blockbuster follows Democratic Party politrix Politrix it trick is something a whore does for money Um, So the MCU first infantilizes its audiences then Banalizes them and finally controls it through marketing That's a lot of stupid buzzword you're trying to sound who wrote this who Uh, wrote this okay
2: so this this review Uh, was Armand white
0: White, who is a black man so that was also part of why i picked this (laughs) i really want to see what his opinion is considering this movie but yeah it's just so i need to point out it is kind of funny to me that the national review which is this big like a mess of an outlet made a point to find a black reviewer for this movie and yet so many other outlets didn't do the same like i just find that kind of interesting in a weird way
1: so he so this i'm gonna read this first paragraph yeah uh this commercial strategy geared toward adolescents of all ages resembles the democratic party's political manipulation of Black Americans targeting that audience through its insecurities about heritage, social prestige, and empowerment. So, Marvel's new instant blockbuster Black Panther appeals to adolescent fa- fantasies about birthright and ethnic invincibility, dishing up the routine superheroics of Chakala, a Black version of Batman who fights crime dressed as a Panther. He's a recent addition to the Marvel Avengers series and the new King of Wakanda, a fictitious African nation devised by. Uh, Two of Marvel's pseudo-social scientist writer Stanley and illustrator Jack Kirby. Now let me break down everything that is wrong with this <laughs> line by line. Um, so first of all, uh, he's basically saying that this is some kind of Propag- democratic oh, propaganda. No,
2: this well, it's, is uh... it's
1: yeah sure it like you could say it leans more liberally. That's fine. That's well, just the I, point. I
0: think his argument is that the way that Marvel treats its viewers is similar to how Democrats treat black people, which is a weird, I don't
1: know, Yeah. Making. Um, uh, and goes uh, targeting through insecurities, heritage, social prestige, and empowerment. Why are we knocking empowerment? Uh, I remember seeing reaction to Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and little girls and women leave that movie feeling empowered and feeling like they could fucking take down the patriarchy. I feel like this has the same effect on, uh, young black kids who, who's like, Oh, wow, I could do that. That could be me
2: as, as
1: as someone who is named Chris and is white. (laughs) I am overly represented in the Marvel cinematic universe. (laughs) I, I I don't need you
0: are, you are the target demographic. I am
1: the target demographic. I Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, Chris Pye, and all of these other white Chris's. I'm fully represented and you can stop. <laughs> so to have something like this, it, it's it's kind of refreshing and I'm glad that uh underrepresentative Underrepresented groups of people can feel the way that, you know, white guys do. Well,
2: and like
0: Kevin Feige said as much in an interview last week. He basically said that he grew up his whole life and his, like, he always saw himself reflected on screen with, like, Luke Skywalker and Indiana Jones and literally every fucking protagonist of every movie in the 80s and 90s. And
1: when that's all you see, you forget that it's always there. You take it. I don't want to say for granted, but you forget about the other kind of representation that's there. Um, So I fully disagree with, what's his name again? Armand? Armand? um, A black version of Batman?
2: Nope. (laughs)
0: That's a very simplistic and inaccurate boiling down.
1: It is. It's it's not accurate at all. Um, It's like he didn't even... see the movie
2: i
0: I do feel like there is one consistent because so that this is partially inspired by a tweet that i saw that has genuinely made me laugh for days that when t'challa is in other situations he is the coolest person in the room but then as soon as he gets home he is (laughs) roasted by his entire family (laughs) and i feel like that is the same from t'challa to batman like both are the same in that regard but that that and the color of their costumes is the only like only similarity here like, that
1: That is it, really. There's not much else. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it goes on to say recent addition to the Avengers, uh, Fictitious Nation, uh, Lee and Kirby, but let's not forget McGregor, Buckler, Priest, Coates. Uh, yeah. Let's not leave them out. Um,
0: also, so. like it was more Kirby. I'm sorry. In, in more cases than not, it was more Kirby than it was. If, an,
1: if anyone... Uh, just go back and read Christopher Priest's run.
0: Yes, exactly. That's, that's well, and like, and he was the one who created most of the supporting cast of this movie. Yeah. So that,
2: that's all him.
0: So, like, let's highlight that and not just the fact that Lee and Kirby are seen <laughs> as like having created everything, which they did not. But uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you hear a thumping noise, it's me slamming my head against the wall. <laughs> What motivates their methods of racial exploitation are confirmed by this week's Time magazine. Its cover features Bozeman, uh, Black Panther star, handsomely replacing Time's infamously racist Stark and OJ cover to prove that the publication has abandoned journalism to become a social justice warrior pamphlet.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Combining youth and Black exploitation is an effective propaganda t- tactic when audiences don't recognize Heather being manipulated they're simply flattered by it. I, uh, I love how he's uh, stroking his own ego by somehow being above this propaganda yeah. and exploitation. Uh, you're so brave, Armand. So brave. <laughs> I. But okay, so I don't understand his point of view and the logic behind this. It. Calling the times out for being a social justice warrior pamphlet, uh, black exploitation propaganda. If, if your idea of propaganda is empowering uh, black youth, then I'm all for that propaganda.
2: Yeah, honest to God.
1: <laughs> that final shot of uh, Shikala and, and the kid at the basketball court
2: uh, it was
1: fantastic, especially now knowing where kugler is coming from in his history mm-hmm. with oakland mm-hmm. it adds so much more weight to it um so uh, screw I, you, I, <laughs> uh,
2: I
0: god i just love i fucking love this movie like i just love that that we're at this point in time with this movie and i like like we said before I want this to be a flashpoint for what everyone else does from now on. I don't want to ever revert back to what we have gotten used to like, good fucking Lord.
1: Yeah. It's, it's insane. Cause you, you see all these white guys discussing this movie and not getting it. I <laughs> um, just don't, they'll say it's like, yeah, it was, it was a fine movie. It was okay. Yeah, but they don't, they, they don't understand the cultural racial, the grander significance of what this movie is sure it's generally kind of by the numbers
0: not really though
1: in some in kind of like that hero's journey way but like
0: yeah but but it, like it, also you can't completely subvert that like the movie yeah. subverts it enough and still makes it like it it in in the context of the other marvel movies this does feel slightly unprecedented like there are elements of this movie that can like you can argue are also in like winter soldier and some of the more like political sort of movies but to an extent the way that this is presented and the narrative that we kind of get you haven't seen within the context of a marvel movie so i don't know (sighs)
1: I just hate this review so much. Utopian Wakanda, hidden behind clouds and mountains away from European colonizers, resembles the faux naive heaven of the 1933 Negro musical Green Pastures. But the old timey Christian in that film is now replaced by faux naive Afrocentricity, including cliched tribal customs. Chakala must fight challengers to his throne. Um, during the radicalized 1960s Green Pasture stereotypes were considered an outrage. Black Panther would seem similarly fake if people weren't falling for it without question. Once again, uh, the nation's psychic wounds, the black folks, desperate for white people's appreciation, exposed by stripping off the Obama bandage.
2: I just,
1: uh, what fucking chip on his shoulder does Armand have? Or will, where is this coming from?
2: It's so, it's so specific, but so odd. It is. It's like
1: he. A Black Panther offers no mystical alternative to racism's threat or the helplessness endangered by the tragedy oh of slavery. God. The, the original sin.
2: Uh,
1: instead of the movie offers a pantheon comic book fantasy of black empowerment that exchanges the actual history of the 1960s Black Panther for a super commercial remedy this
2: rather not than
0: ever read a comic book the, like, I don't think he, he doesn't even he uh,
1: I just my, don't I, understand I, it. It, it Okay,
2: just the, uh, uh, uh,
1: it's like not even this. just limited to comic book movies it's a common thing to mask social relevance and social issues in grander fantastical scenarios and narratives but
0: his mindset it's, is that like oh they they they're stripping away the history of the actual Black Panthers I'm like the comic book is not about the 1960s Black Panthers like I don't know it's just uh, I don't it's, it's insane this guy uh, this d- guy does not know what he's talking about
2: it's,
1: God. It's, yeah. even in the early days of Black Panther uh, before he had his own he 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 was in uh, Jungle Action. Yeah. And in those early issues he fucking fights the KKK in yeah. America. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And Af- like the Afrofuturism is this whole genre and I think it kind of captures it well in kind of the look and feel of Wakanda.
0: Well and I'm sorry but like the what he calls clichés are like the the more customary aspects of this movie and obviously we are white people we cannot speak to whether or not those portrayals are accurate but i still think the fact that this movie focuses so much on that and doesn't westernize any of it is incredible like it's not a bad thing. I don't know why no. he sees it as a fucking bad thing. It's just as frustrating. And then,
1: let's rather than a battle of ideologies like Booker T. Washington versus W. E. B. Du Bois, it plays out director writer Ryan Coogler's own inner conflict between his politically conscious upbringing in Oakland, California, where the furry or where the, uh, story is first set, and his desire to join the Hollywood mainstream. Kuuga's ambivalence is embodied by the dignified Chikala and the swaggering Killmonger, updating the good brother, bad brother dichotomy of the '70s blackportation films in which community activists fought drug dealers.
2: No. No. <sighs> No.
0: Okay. There's a, there's an article I will link to in the comments of this thing. So it's a piece by the like film critic Hulk, the guy that like writes all of the like things on Twitter and then has his own kind of blog and he contributes to other people and stuff. But so like he he wrote a really long thing about Black Panther that like I read the day that I saw that the movie like after I had seen it and it just gave me chills all over again. Like remembering how good the movie was and what he kind of points out is that the the killmonger and t'challa thing is very much like it can be interpreted as this allegory for the like martin luther king versus malcolm x and kind of the the war that has gone on with like within black people in america and how they respond to certain things and how ultimately neither is really seen as the right one like they both they both realize that they're at fault and there isn't as concrete of a good guy, bad guy thing. Like so many people are basically saying, Oh, Killmonger was right after this movie. And I think that that is because this movie kind of pinpoints that sort of struggle and everyone can like, everyone can interpret it, how they want, but representing it that way and not just having it be a traditionally evil or traditionally good thing is a brilliant way to go about it.
2: Yeah, i
1: I'll get more into why I love Killmonger. Yeah. I just want to read this part of the review, and then I need to move on from this, because I cannot stomach more of this bullshit from the review. Yeah. Unlike biracial Vin Diesel's The Chronicles of Riddick, which translated uh-huh. racial and political awareness into a quasi-classical drama. Black Panther marginalizes its white characters. Uh-huh. Another broken white boy for us to fix. A Wakandan scientist rhetorically spears a CIA outsiders. It's focus on what masculinity means for heartbroken black boys. There is so much wrong with that. Marginalizing uh-huh. white characters
2: uh-huh. is not
1: a thing. Get out of here with your fake phony reverse uh-huh. racism Bullshit.
0: Another broken white boy for us to fix is my favorite fucking line. Like one of my favorite lines in this movie, in part because it references Bucky, but also yes. because it's such a hilarious way of referencing Bucky. Like, and it it says so much more beyond that. Like, it's a it's just a great r- greatly written line, and yet it's like, oh no, it's marginalizing the white people. Ugh. But like, yeah, there's so much.
2: Ugh.
1: I'm really failing to see where he comes from. Oh, wait,
0: hold on. Hold on. There's an interesting, like, do you want, you said you want to move on to this review, but I think there's one paragraph that we would, we would be like
2: doing service not.
0: ourselves if we're, if we're not mentioning. Kugler's attempt at genre revision is part of the Marvel indoctrination God, fuck, I am asleep. Sorry. So it's less interesting than Zack Snyder's battle with Warner Brothers over artistic expression in the DC universe. Snyder turns moral conflict into sensual kinetics. You can relate to the great urgency of Man of Steel regardless of race but Black Panther never achieves an interesting vision. The, The FX sets and costuming are stock. They lack even the childlike idealization of what that make the quote unquote quote, Africa scenes of Coming to America and the Remember the Time music video, such straight-up feel-good versions of Black anthropology, Afrofuturists will justify any whim, but how can they square the updated James Bond Star Wars technology of the Wakanda people with the fact that they're still living like the natives in Tarzan movies? It indicates just how little Americans know about the various cultures on the African continent. Black Panther's marvelization of black history and anthropology is pathetic and the marvelizing of black imagination is appalling.
1: Okay, so let me Uh, write down everything wrong with this review. uh, I'm going to start small, a very small critique of that paragraph. DC Comics Universe, you could just say DC Universe. That's redundant. That's a very small (laughs) critique in the grand scheme of things.
0: Machine, machine. Yeah, basically.
1: Basically, everything you just said is wrong, Armand.
0: Luke <laughs> Skywalker. Um, it, like, this guy has not read a comic book. He does not know that Wakanda's whole thing is kind of the Afrofuturism and the whole struggle I, of it. And that is addressed in the movie. I, I like, would
1: love uh, to get Armand in a room with someone like Coates or Priest just yes, <laughs> to school yes. him. Oh. And, how, and how wrong he is and how you have these prominent black writers contributing to this character and molding and creating this world that is so fully so entrenched perfect. in and African so, so culture. Uh, it, it's upsetting how wrong he is.
0: Uh, and I'm just like, why, why did you have to bring in Snyder? Like why? He brought in
1: Chronicles of Riddick. I he's I know,
0: <laughs> but I'm just like, why, why did you have to address the Snyder aspect? Because this is like, I don't know. And, like, we were kind of talking earlier about this movie. We were kind of saying we're hoping that this also makes DC realize what the fuck they need to do. And, like, the the whole thing of getting directors who very clearly have a vision, which they kind of have been doing to an extent with Patty and James Wan and all of that. They just butcher half of them. But, yeah. But my point is is just, I'm like, it, it, it it just offends me that they brought Snyder into this debate of completely wrong opinions about everything. I'm just like, no but yeah i just needed to bring that in because good lord and uh, yeah the rest of this is just
1: it's just more bullshit. saying the problem isn't one particular movie but the celebration of the illusion of progress when hollywood pegs everything in terms of race or gender it did it dictates to the masses and keeps them all in a plantation mentality mindlessly applauding black panther as part of the new segregation
0: here's my thing okay i'm gonna say because we're still too early in this movie to fully understand what impact it will have on our overall culture the impact
1: it'll have is 10 15 20 years from now is we're going to see more black filmmakers making movies and they're going to be applauding this movie and saying this was like you were saying a flashpoint for them that inspired them and they're going to be looking back as black panther as something that energized them
2: yeah, but like but
0: my my mindset, like the closest we can get to kind of a parallel. And I I don't I I don't want us to keep going back to Wonder Woman because I know it is just kind of the white like like here's a white parallel, but I do think there's something to be said in after Wonder Woman came out and kind of the one two punch of I'm not going to get polit- try to get political, but like the the way that the election came out in 2016 and then 6 months later Wonder Woman comes out and then all of these women feel Energized and like they like understood and they understand that they don't have to feel powerless and then like it, it, there was something to be said about the fact that like after Wonder Woman came out the whole like Time's Up thing started and the Me Too movement and all of that sort of stuff like I feel like there is a cultural shift that Wonder Woman at least partially helped in a way
1: oh there definitely is
0: and i feel like the same thing can be said with black panther i just don't know what exactly that will be yet but i do feel like the cultural significance of it cannot be ignored and i feel like there is there's going to be something in our culture that will have changed both on the screen and like how characters are represented <sighs> in movies and in the real world but- so
1: i i just went back into armin's article history and then We'll move on. I just want to make okay. note of two things that is complete bullshit.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, it's labeled under the culture tag. Oh, boy. Uh, this headline. One of two that I'm going to read. What does a Wonder Woman child want? One can, cannot ignore the fact that Wonder Woman was made under uh, cultural pressure. Jenkins is not an action director. Clearly, she was hired only as a politically correct token
2: next is
1: another headline from him and an almost great baby driver Hollywood goes Asperger's for those who have desperately waited uh, for morality to return to movies after Tarantino's paradigm shift into nihilism baby driver is almost it Mm. so that's that's Armin's point of view
2: uh, and, like, I, I'm sorry. I, in a way, I
0: do feel bad that we, like, are highlighting this review. and But but I think us picking it apart and pointing out how fucking wrong it is feels of note. Because this felt like a more interesting review to cover than, like, the, the, the nine and other weird blog spots that I, are by white people.
1: People are fully entitled into their opinion, their point of view. But when something like that is so... Holy wrong
2: and when and you're baseless your
0: way to be pessimistic
1: exactly he he. The, armin just generally hates everything it seems like and <laughs> cannot be pleased
2: um <laughs>
1: moving on to an outlet that has a much better outlook on things generally and is more inclusive uh the mary sue yes uh this is by Princess Weeks.
0: Which I just want to say, I, when I was looking her up to find this review, one of the top articles that showed up was one that I remember reading from two years ago, and the title was, Arrows Laurel Lance Des- Deserved Way More Than She Got. And so as soon as I re- as <laughs> soon as I realized that this was the same person, I'm like, okay, we are picking this review. Because she obviously has good things to say. Yes. General, but, um,
1: yeah. So she gives it a five out of five stars. Um kind of just gives a general synopsis uh, synopsis of the, the movie. Uh while the script of for Black Panther was written long before the shithole countries conversation uh began, it is hard to ignore what the movie is saying about the role that superpowers have to play on a global stage. Nakia tells Chakala that Wakanda can help the rest of the world without losing its sense of identity, uh while his closest friend Wakabi uh says that you can bring in other people. Uh, they bring in problems. And then, that's another thing. You have someone like Wakabe and Nakia who have very different point of views, but they're from the same place. Yeah. And they, ugh, God, this movie.
0: I just, I love, I love how many things, how many things this movie has to say and how many opinions are presented just snuck into this genre
2: movie. Like,
1: it's it, it saying to me that when. Stupid neckbeards are like, keep your <laughs> politics out of my comics.
0: Uh-huh. I don't know how comics work.
1: <laughs> they don't. They don't understand that they've always been there, but they're really just complaining about the way it's presented. There there are good ways politics are presented in comics and bad ways. They're often complaining about the bad ways, where it seems ham-fisted or, uh, I'm doing air quotes, shoved down their throats. Black Panther does it in an ingenious way yeah. It, through its characters, uh, having different point of views, discussing these issues, not not to the audience, but to each other. And it's part of the narrative.
0: Well, I'm like, I'm gonna say, I, I would think to an extent, this is kind of interesting to me that I just realized, I would I would assure you that the neckbeards who make that argument about comics and then some who would make that argument about this movie, Probably think that Winter Soldier handles it perfectly when it's mm-hmm. just political. <laughs> like, yeah. they're just not. They're just picking and choosing what representation of politics and what sort of discussions they want to say. Like, I, I still wholeheartedly think like Winter Soldier is still my favorite Marvel movie for a plethora of reasons. But there's not as much of a discussion going on in there as there is in this movie. There, like Winter Soldier, is much more just like a, a clear definition of good and bad. Yes. Whereas this is so much more nuanced because the conversation kind of needs to be, but also because of who is directing that conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, let me, so I was a Killmonger. He's one of the best, if not the best. Yes. I'm not gonna say villain, I'm gonna say just antagonist.
0: Yes, because he's not, he's an antagonist. Yes, he
1: had some of the best lines and I loved his character. From the moment when he's at the museum and he says, How do you think your ancestors got this? Like, he has a clear point of view, he's a social justice warrior looking in a way in his own uh, mind. And his final line, yes, uh, was like, Holy shit, Ryan Kugler! <laughs> um, it, it was something of along the lines of like. Uh, leave my body out at sea with my ancestors uh, who jumped ship, uh, who wanted to die, not live life in bondage. Yeah, I horribly paraphrase that, but
0: you got the general gist. Like gist as a white person.
1: Yeah, but that line was like, holy shit! There's I don't th- I can't think of a line that's been that nuanced and poignant in a Marvel movie before.
0: Yeah, I can't either. Like there are there are ones that have felt. Poignant, like i'm just thinking of the whole like steve anti-surveillance thing in winter soldier but like this is
1: freedom else. this is fear
0: yeah like that That something like
1: a, that was great
0: that was like a great steve line but the killmonger thing is just a great line in film like that was just such a profound thing to say and to slip that in as he's dying is like holy shit <laughs> like uh I just, I, yeah,
1: yeah, the review, uh, it says while there are no surprises in the film, there is also no filler. It's a tight script despite being just over two hours long, and it knows how to have something to say without losing momentum.
0: Yes. Well, because, like, even so in the first act, there were moments where I'm like, okay, this scene is going on a little bit longer than I personally would have edited it or whatever like then then i would have expected it to be edited i guess is what i'm going to say
1: i need to see it again because just for the sake of seeing the flow of it and if there was any fat to trim from it but right now i can't think of anything offhand
0: like when i would think that was scenes that then shifted back around like in the later parts of the movie and like there were echoes of those original scenes and it mattered because like even the whole like the the ritual where he gets his powers back and then goes to the like spirit world and whatever there were moments where I was like okay maybe this is a little lengthy at moments Mm -hmm. like more more lengthy than I was expecting in a Marvel movie I guess is my point because it's like these These Marvel movies are usually so like bang, 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 get to the next like set piece and next thing that's of importance and whatever, but this movie gets so many opportunities to breathe and yes. the, and like the moments that it gets to breathe then completely make sense within the narrative and are really interesting, like just as a viewer, like uh, I just love this movie yeah. so um. <laughs>
1: It also fixes one problem that I had with Wonder Woman, the lack of female warriors beyond the beginning. So this made me think if if I could talk to Patty and like go back in time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would make one change to Wonder Woman, maybe. Because seeing all the Dora Malay just mm-hmm. kick all the ass, mm-hmm. it, I think it would have been interesting to have another Amazon go with Diana and Steve.
0: But see I think the whole argument of it is that oh well she can't like it, it's a big deal that Diana was the only one yeah. going to leave but I I do think you could have still had another supporting character Yeah. equally I don't know but then it wouldn't have been Diana's story. It's just Exactly. I, it's I, I it's know. like the double
1: edged sword's like do we have more female characters in this but at the same time possibly Dilute diminishing character. yeah her her arc
0: well, cause like my, my thought is, is that, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Cause like in a way to me, the women overshadow T'Challa in this movie. And oh, I, I so it
1: was, I think I, cause I was talking with my brother about this after seeing it. And there were stretches of this movie where you just don't see T'Challa.
0: Yeah. And it's just and like, I didn't I mind,
1: mind at all. I wasn't itching. like, Oh, where is he? What's he up to? There were like maybe stretches of 10 minutes where he's not on screen. Yeah. Or 15. It, it was all, the ancillary characters but they were so good and engaging that i didn't care
0: well like even the like the fight scenes where like the the whole thing in the casino when it when it kind of fractions off and it's like t'challa and sherry driving the car and then okoye and nakia driving the car like they're they're treated as their own separate little set pieces and it's not like like you said there are stretches of time in this action sequence where the main character is not shown and i'm just like that's kind of great like i don't know it and uh, just this movie good lord but i it's weird because i but going back to wonder woman i see it as its own little perfect thing i don't want to compare it to what has come after it because i still think wonder woman nailed so many things on its own but i am it does i'm curious what like how what at what point patty is right now in coming up with the sequel And like, I hope
1: hope this has them reevaluate Wonder Woman 2.
0: Because my thought is is that I I have a feeling there's going to be a female villain of Wonder Woman 2. We don't know who it's going to be, whether it's Cheetah or Cersei or whatever. Like, we'll find that out as the months kind of go on. But like, I am curious if this movie is going to affect any of that at all. If it's going to affect like the representation that we see on screen like, in terms of, like, diversity, like, not just having it, I mean, like, Wonder Woman handles having non-white people in its movie really well, but I'm curious what the new time period, quote-unquote, of the sequel is going to bring in that regard, and and also kind of what other female characters there are.
1: Exactly, yeah, it, I just don't want, the, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of happened here and there, I don't want the internet to Punch down Wonder Woman. Yes,
2: exactly. After this. It,
1: it, they're both valid and great for yeah. what they've done for the comic book movie genre. I'm like, I, they I really- have different approaches.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but we can't knock Wonder Woman for having the hindsight of Black Panther now.
0: Well, I'm like, I feel, I don't know. Like, I, I retweeted a thing earlier this week that was basically the 10 minutes ago we didn't have the Amazons and Wonder Woman, the Valkyrie in Ragnarok, and then the, the, like, everything in this movie. Like, it's just insane
2: to me. The
1: yeah, like, not even here. Yeah, we've had Wonder Woman, the Amazons, the Valkyrie, uh, Dorma Like, yeah. it, it, it's such a great progression that we've had. And it's, yeah, that it might stumble a bit and not meet expectations of like we're not going to get there right away but it's progress
0: (laughs) it's it's progress and it makes me really happy that that progress is even happening so yeah it's just i'm trying to think of what else there is in this review
1: uh basically (laughs) a lot of praising which is deserved um Oh, After this film, I never want to hear about Professor X's MLK and Magneto is Malcolm X Uh, comparison ever again. I'm not surprised Ryan Coogler called that his most personal film. Uh, Everything about it is wrapped up in the complex experience of blackness in America with the Afrofuturism of an African nation that can lead the world in scientific advancement if it wanted to. Which uh, I'm really excited. I don't know if they only signed Coogler to one.
0: Um, I, I feel like they had to have they have to have be making a deal now like it,
1: it's like it's the Patty Jenkins thing yeah over again they're, g- they're, <laughs> they're gonna, gonna do, go- do some renegotiating
0: yeah it, definitely
2: Got uh,
1: yeah I'm just I'm I know we're still basking in this one we're still enjoying it but I'm super excited to see where the sequel goes I have no idea where it can go um or what it'll do um but I'll be there day one
0: God, yeah. Well, and like, uh, after this movie, I want, I don't know, as much as I want Coogler to keep making Black Panther movies, I wholeheartedly don't mind if he takes on other things in the MCU. Yeah. Like, there's so much, even just within this movie, there are so many potentials for spinoffs that he's introduced. Like, like and I know at some point, down the line, we're gonna get Shuri as Black Panther, which holy fuck, I'm really excited for. But like, even just like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many different things, and I would be curious what that negotiation kind of is. If it's just Black Panther sequels, or if it's just, I want. I, f- to I feel character. like
1: it'll be a some sort of deal akin to Gunn and the Guardians. Yeah, like how Gunn is kind of shaping the cosmic side yes. of the MCU. Uh, cooler will kind of have control of this little corner of the mcu
0: yeah i think so too but like i also would love to just see him do an avengers movie if he wanted to or like some sort of other ensemble movie like with characters from black panther thrown in but just making his own kind of story and introducing more characters from the other places within the mcu i think would be really cool especially because we know that he wanted to introduce um Kid, Kid Patriot. Yeah, I was like, I didn't want to butcher his name. But yeah, like knowing that he wanted to bring that into this movie as well makes me think that like I want to see what other ideas he would have. And I, I would love to see what he would do in the context of a bigger kind of team-up movie that that kind of goes all over the, the MCU a little bit. Same. Yeah.
1: Like, that's kind of how I feel about Patty, like give her Justice League 2 after Wonder Woman 2. It's just yeah. Have them take on more.
0: Exactly. And shaping
1: this universe.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, that's kind of what happened with the Russos. It was like, they came in, they made their one thing. Everyone lost their minds about it. And then they now are directing. (laughs) So it's like, keep having that happen with these directors that, you know, are a incredible talent that you have.
1: Graduate them up onto bigger uh, movies.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Good lord. I just love this movie so much. I'm just so happy that this movie exists.
1: Yeah. It's and I don't think we can really even do our final segment oh, considering. Yeah, I mean,
0: you kind of just did though. You were just kind of the what what would you you don't even know what you would want to see in the sequel, which is usually I mean,
1: I have a like...
0: Context.
1: There's a trope that this movie does that I'm generally against, but okay, because, it's so in, because it's okay. so important to the story to I story that I didn't
0: you mentioned that you had one trope that bothered you, and I've been curious for like a week what it was.
1: It's killing off the villains. Okay. Killing off um, Claw. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: When that happens, like, oh, well, there goes it. it, In this movie, it kills off Claw and Killmonger two of, like, the big bads in kind of the Black Panther mythos. But they're so important and serve the story so well that I can overlook it and it's fine because Killmonger's death is so fucking poignant.
0: Well, and like, I love that, I love that Claw died and I love when it happens and how it happens. At first I was kind of jarred by it, but I think that it is an interesting choice to be made because then it does elevate Killmonger to be the main Component of the story and the main antagonist, instead of just having Claw also being in the background, being fucking annoying and appropriating black culture and talking about his mixtape. Yeah. But, like, like,
2: the, like, 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 like there are this.
1: Yeah. Like, there are other villains they can go to. Yeah. Uh, for the next one. Yeah. Uh, like, they could do. Yeah, um, they can't do that. They could do. <laughs> uh i'm just kind of I, I saw people throwing around namor yes like kind of a wakanda versus atlantis yeah i would love to kind of see that be done well um, and
0: also that kind of in the comics that kind of propels sherry to be black panther so if, yeah. they're, if they're setting that up that would be a really interesting sequel aspect if people would be like oh it's just like piggybacking off of Aquaman, but I feel like they could do it in a (laughs) way that would be really good. Yeah,
1: and then there's other characters like Achabe or or Malice, Mm -hmm. who is Nakia. Yeah. Uh, So there's other places they can go. They're not as well-known as Killmonger or uh, Claw, but whatever Coogler does, it's going to be good. So that's why I think the best route they could go is Namor, but then they don't have the rights to it. They,
0: um, they do, though. They, they it, will, uh, for not a
1: they, solo. Yeah. No,
0: no, Feige, like, stealth got the rights back. Oh, okay. Two or three years ago. Because I know I've written that up at work before. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, everyone keeps wondering. Like, every couple months, there's like, is this person going to play Namor? <laughs> like, because, like, that
1: movie almost kind of writes itself. You have yeah. Namor, head of Atlantis, this experienced, no-nonsense, uh, stubborn King versus Chikala, kind of the newly uh, king of Wakanda, who's much more cooler uh, (laughs) than Namor. Namor's a
2: little shit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah, I just, I, I I think that going back to the villain thing, I think that this movie handles it really well. And I think that Claw was used just enough. I also love that we have two of the biggest movies in the past six months have killed off Andy Circus halfway through.
1: I So there was a moment where I think there's a, a missed opportunity. Ryan, Googler, <laughs> I'm speaking directly to you. It would have <laughs> been a stupid line, but when, uh, Claw is meeting with Ross, and they're they're trading the vibranium. He should have said like my precious.
2: I know we, ha- we like, had we had
1: Bilbo and Gollum in
2: that one scene. Been
0: too much though. That would have been way too. <laughs> much. I do love the joke about how the two Tolkien white guys in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also. Like, I know this isn't the big takeaway from this movie. I want everyone in this movie to scatter off into the MCU. I want as many, like, mini crossovers as possible. I'm I'm really happy that so much of the Infinity War trailer, like, hinders on Wakanda. and Yes. In, and, like, knowing that that big set piece is going to be there and knowing how many people are going to come back and whatever. Like, I, I'm really curious to see how all of these other like the outside mcu characters are going to interact to everyone else like i i'm just really curious about that
1: yeah i i really that's my hope we're 10 years into this universe everything shouldn't be strictly you stay in the Thor movies you stay in the cat movies let this universe feel like a universe and have these characters cross over
0: yeah yeah i'm just like Knowing that um, Mbaku is going to be in Infinity War, I, I just am like really excited to see who he is. <laughs> Like yeah, I also just want Shuri to just like show up on Tony Stark's doorstep and like show him up in every single way. Like, (laughs) good lord, she. Uh, I love. I just love that the smartest person in the MCU is her and not the two white guys that we've. I need.
1: I need her to have a scene with Tony, like you're saying, and just show him up.
0: And just and it's like he he thinks that he has something right, and then she tells him the alternative, and then it's like like he just gets owned and he's just like oh fuck <laughs> but so <laughs> yeah I just want everyone from these movies in as many other things as possible. Like I and like we were talking before I want like there's that possibility that Ross is in Captain Marvel. I know like that's such a weird little cameo and I really want that to happen now because yeah. it's, it's just such like it, it, it is it's treating everything like a universe and it's letting these characters stories it this, like off.
1: Yeah, that's a nice, uh, like, through-line connective tissue to it all.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, yeah, just as soon as the Air Force line happened, I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's something. But, yeah, I want everyone in all of these movies. Like, I just want this to be – I want this to be the new, um, like – I, I can't even think of an alternative where it's just like a solo movie that everyone else shows up. And I guess winter soldier was an alternative because it was like, it, it, like it, it's, Sam showed up in ant man and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. I want this to be kind of the new standard where it's a, a purely solo movie, but an ensemble.
0: Yes, exactly. And like in, in this way that makes sense. And it not just civil war, basically being Avengers for like, exactly.
1: Like, like there's no way going back to Wonder Woman there's no reason why Wonder Woman 2 maybe shouldn't have a guest appearance by like hot girl or canary or another amazon there, there's no reason to not have that kind of uh, to help world build and expand the cast and have more representation
0: exactly yeah i'm just uh, i'm just so hopeful like this movie just makes me so hopeful on so many levels Good Lord. Um, is that it? Do we have any more that we want to add?
1: I think that's it.
0: Awesome. Um, where can people find you on the social media?
1: Uh, they can find me at the Chris Fitto on all the social medias. How about uh, you?
0: All right, you can find me on all the social medias at Hey, it's You can find our show at Tomato Tomato Pod. Um, we're on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and
1: we're gonna work on Letterboxed.
2: Yes,
0: yes, <laughs> which I, I'm hoping will like actually be an interesting thing and not just like <laughs> oh we're like a, a brand that's trying to like jump in on Letterboxd. But I've been right. using it for like, two years. I think it's really fun. So yeah. Um, and then
1: please leave reviews. I was thinking of having some kind of contest for reviews, or just like hey, in your review do blah blah blah, and then we'll do blah blah blah. But I haven't thought of the finer details yet.
0: <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually.
1: Because y'all need to leave reviews.
0: Yes. It, we would really appreciate it. Or just, like, respond to us on Twitter. Or, like, if you if you listen to this episode and you liked it, go favorite the post about it on Twitter. Because Or, like, retweet it. Because then that just kind of helps us out a little bit. It'll
1: literally make my day. I'm not even joking. <laughs>
0: no, it, it really will. Like, <laughs> yeah, so yeah um i think that's it i have no idea what we're gonna cover next episode
1: yeah we i don't think that far
0: no <laughs> but until next time keep watching movies go rewatch Egg. black panther
1: yes go see black panther again
0: and don't watch bright not bright <laughs> all right bye